Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and members of the Leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe of KMA Talk Radio, episode number 438. We are broadcasting live from sunny, well, not so sunny today, South Florida. And as always, as always, I am with my trusted gang, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, and the man they know as the GOAT, Alex Tavello. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. How goes it? Are we going to talk about Paul's his little his little delay? Bro. Delay? I mean, listen. Uh, you we, were a little off the mark. You were a little oh, off the in mark. the no, oh, you're talking about it in the intro? Dude, I'll yeah. tell you what, man, you don't do this for a couple. You guys we had a couple weeks off and then I was out away. Man, it, it's hard to get back into the flow. You're away covertly at Disneyland. I wasn't covertly I wasn't in Disneyland. I was in Disney World, and I'm gonna uh, wait till Coop gets on to to well, talk. Coop's on. About Coop, Paul's, bring him on. Paul's big lie. We have a we have a ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have a very unorthodox timeline today. Um, uh, we're kind of rearranging our schedule to make uh, awesome space for actor Vincent Pastore, who will be on in hour two. So we're kind of redoing the timeline. Paul will be joining us early and staying on throughout the, the Paul. Coop, will be joining us early. Hey. Dang, I'm sorry, Coop. That was a bad insult. I apologize. <laughs> no, good. All good, man. All good. All good. Um, he'll be joining us throughout the show. Video's in, Paul, by the way. You're welcome. Oh, you got it uploaded? How, yeah, well, we'll talk it. later how you downloaded it because the one that I used wouldn't let me. Yeah, there's certain it. ones that work and don't work. So, anyway, back to Paul's big lie. So, we, right. can, we can skip it. It's not a lie. So well, no, no, it was, it was, it was an omission. Omission. So listen, so me and Cooper, you know, every week because we don't know each other's tail of the tape list. So every week I text Coop, he texts me, and he asks me, "By the way, where's Paul going? Is he going back to Disneyland?" And I said, "You know what? I'm not sure." And I text Paul, "Hey, where are you? Why are you out this week?" And his response <laughs> was, "I am going to meet my sister-in-law's new child," which was true. Wait. Yes, but didn't true. I say he? Didn't I thought he met her, met the child already? Didn't I ask that question? I Jesus, I met again. Jesus, but the, man, what the you, second you half all about me. See that that wasn't the end of the sentence. Paul didn't give me the end of the set. The end of the sentence was <laughs> at Disneyland, Disney World, so, Walt Disney World, Disney World, whatever. What's okay. the difference? <laughs> I mean, one one's in one California and one's in Florida. Florida. So now <laughs> you're at the point where you're becoming ashamed of going and now like withholding. Yeah, them. lying about yeah, <laughs> omitting I've, that. I've, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm realizing at 30, what am I, 39? My wife's not here. She can't tell me how old I am. I think I'm 39. Maybe I'm 38. Uh, where I've realized that there's certain details about my life I don't have to just give out to people. <laughs> and yes, I did meet the baby when he was first born. But we were getting together. 
and neither one of us wanted to drive the six hours to each other's houses. So I said, great. Disney's two and a half hours from us. It's three hours from <laughs> yeah. you. We'll get a room. This works out so, perfectly. But this has been this was booked. I listen, you guys have been crazy, but Abe's assistant knew about this for over a month. I gave her the date probably no the beginning of taking off, Paul. No, it was the, the end Disney. of September. The, it wasn't it was, yes. No one said it was a last minute thing. I just I think there has to be in some psychologist's office a profile for someone who could go to Disney World like six, seven times a year. More than that. More than that. Even worse. I was yeah. say six, seven. Yeah. Is, Short chain. is it once a month? 12? I mean, it's got to be close. got to be nine times a year at least. Yeah, it used to be once a month uh, when Axel, when we just had Axel. But then when COVID hit, you know, that kind of threw off my schedule. You know what? We're in a point right now because they changed the season pass system. And, and they're, now we have to buy one for Axel because he's three. And they no. The computer. Oh, my God. And now his money. And now also they changed. We used to have the Disney Gold Pass. If we want the same benefits that we get with the Gold Pass, we got to spend like another like three or four hundred dollars a year times three. Where's the so, loyalty wait, to you? Where's the loyalty to you? You're a wait, loyalty three or four hundred dollars a year times three. Yeah, yeah, it's for like each of the passes. Dogs. It's like twelve <laughs> turkey legs, ten turkey. Well, legs. listen, man, you don't understand. We don't really buy a lot of the food. Like, especially for the kids, like we bring food with us. So, you know, I bring their food to the park. We bring their lunch when we go. And, you know, maybe Stephanie and I will grab something. Right now, we don't eat for the last four months. We eat those, these stupid, do I have one here? We eat these stupid bars so that, because my wife's ashamed of me being Oh, you're fat. doing Optifast? Optavia again, yeah. yeah I did right, it for right. my wedding. I got down to 150. I stayed there for a good year and a half, and then I, I don't know, I had like a stressful time. I stress eat, like it's my job. Like last night, I was stressed out because of some things that are going on, and uh, Stephanie has this bag of sm- chocolate-covered s'mores bites from Trader Joe's that are like our emergency stash. I legit ate the bags this big. I think I ate more than half of the bag. They're so good. So I, I was sick this morning because of it, so... The emergency bag. Oh, thanks, Tim. <laughs> it's an emergency bag. <laughs> you don't have an emergency snack bag? Like like candy? Like you don't really want to eat it, but you have it just in case? Have it where? You know, we tuck it away in the pantry somewhere. Why is it an emergency yeah, why, isn't we're, just, why isn't it just food in the pantry? The, with the rest of the bag food? of snacks. It is, but we hide it so that we don't see it. Because I hide it where is, you know it's at. No, yeah, well, it I didn't know where it was. I found it. I found it. You stiffed, I had this search. You sniffed it out like a golden retriever. Yeah, so basically, stole, my wife hides. You food stole from food me. from the emergency snack bag. Yeah, exactly. It was an emergency, though. <laughs> Does Steph know you found the emergency stash? She uh, discovered because this morning. There's nothing worse than when she needs the emergency stash and she gets there and finds out it's gone. And it's empty. She, she saw it. I guess I didn't put it back. Which, by the way, is the daily night. life I have in my house. I was just what, going to say. What's in the emergency snack bag? Uh, there's some chocolates. And there's actually our friends gave us, sent us a bunch of chocolate from Finland, which I found in there last night that we haven't been eating. So uh, right, I may have eaten like- some of that, too. It's decent snacks. It's not like yeah, it's not crap. Optivia or whatever the hell it's called, bars or something. It's no, no, no. This is bad stuff. Stuff that'll you know you gain five pounds eating it. 
Oh, I see what that is. Well, we'll, we'll talk, talk to that a little bit we'll later. We'll talk right? about that later. Well, Kevin, listen, you obviously have a different metabolism than I do. I can gain 10 pounds in one sitting. The older the older I get, the easier it gets to gain listen, weight, man. When you're your size, it's really only two and a half pounds. It just looks like 10. <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree with you. I'm 5'7", and if I gain five pounds, it's like noticeable. On like, People are like, oh, what the hell's happening to you? Very true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got a five-year-old, and Halloween was a week ago. There's like, a, you know, there's emergency. My kid has emergency stash bag but on the side of his bed, like hidden. You, and, don't, you don't throw out the candy? No, dude, I don't throw out the candy. I'm not as nuts as you are. With Do that you stuff. eat his candy? Hold on, hold on. It's Let not them nuts. Eat cake. Let me just tell you something. The amount of candy that comes home, these what, what these kids got? Because my kids are a lot older now. They're efficient. They don't like you know when they're young. You know they get a little bit. They're efficient, man. They were going on like the end of the world was coming, scavenging. Yeah, and you got four kids too. So it's a lot. Oh. Even though I know I got one, but man, that's a lot. That amount of candy should not be consumed over two years. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Agree. Hey, I agree. Fact, I have two bowls this big filled that's with candy. Nothing. We're that giving it away to one of my kids' bags. And let me yeah, just tell awful. you something. It's just so absurd. I'm, I'm really going to lobby to change it next year. It, it, I'm, I'm really going <laughs> to lobby. At least for my – look, it's just so absurd. Where's the soapbox creative? That all these people <laughs> buy candy that 80% of it ends up in the garbage. It's just a waste and nuts. I'm going to lobby for my wife that we take over the clubhouse and invite all the little kids from the neighborhood and their friends, and we just throw a little costume party with cupcakes and shit, and they can come have fun and music and dance, and maybe we'll get a couple dress-up people to come there, and that's it, and that's going to be Halloween. I'm going to lobby for that next year. Right. door-to-door the crap. This door-to-door crap is just retarded. So <laughs> let me explain something. Our new neighborhood that we're moving into next week has that and we did that they did it on saturday there was a big thing on one of the on the soccer field with tables out and people had their golf carts decorated and you trick-or-treated at yeah and, you, and then you still went door to door with it your kids yeah they still everybody still goes door. Door to that's door. my point this is in lieu of door to door this is on halloween day at six o'clock to eight o'clock then you go home never gonna happen good yeah. luck we used, we used to go to like a park you throw a good party why wouldn't a kid want to go to a good party why wouldn't a kid want to go to a good party with snacks and cupcakes and music and costume than just go door to door? I think if you do it right, the kids will love it. Yeah, they'll love it, but they'll still want to go. Yeah. Give them a goodie bag. You give each kid a little no. goodie bag of Listen, a week's worth of candy. That worked yeah, once. That works you know, next year and then a year after. These kids are gonna want, say, I, "I had eight pieces of candy last year." Forget that. I'm going. I want to go. Candy. I want to go door to door. Yeah, go door to door. Because we used to get. They used to have the parking lots where the, where the kids used to do it when I uh, lived in New Jersey, and it was the same thing. They wanted to go door to door afterwards. Yeah, they did that last year because of COVID. We did like trunk or treats. That trunk or treat. Yeah, that's what yeah. they. Were. But we still we still went door to door. Everybody still goes door to door. I don't know. I don't, know, I don't see the mom. I think the moms like going door to door too. I, I'm convinced about that. Yeah, my wife yeah. loves it. After like three yeah. houses, I'm done. Yeah, because yeah. they're walking around with drinks getting sloshed. Even even that. I mean, it's exactly. It, I, That's I, what I they're doing. They're just walking around getting dumb. sloshed. Oh, you mean I get to hang out with my kids and it's socially acceptable to be drinking now? Awesome. And I'm not, and I'm not driving. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I gotta say, it's tougher for kids down here too. You know, it's uh, back home in Philly. 
you know, going door to door, you walked one city block, you hit 400 houses. You didn't yeah, have to right, go right. to people, you know, it's row true. houses. Here, it's these kids got to do a lot of walking to accumulate some candy. Yeah. And they sweat their asses off here. This year right. was a little bit cooler, but I remember last year, kids in the costume, uh, like we had to take our kids out of their costumes. They were man. soaked with sweat. It was so hot. The mosquitoes, too. At so that time mosquitoes. of night. At oh. that time of oh, night. Oh, see, we, didn't, we, never had, we never had deal with mosquitoes up north. But, you know, Halloween's different here anyway. I was saying to my wife, like every, we're, you know, with the neighborhood that we're living in, I, I said to her the night, the night of Halloween, I'm like, just like, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of cleanup to do. I'm sure there's going to be eggs everywhere and shaving cream and silly string. And like, you know, when we were kids, we used to have shaving cream. There's none of that here. That's the night before. For us, it was mischief night. It was the night Uh, before Halloween. Oh, so you always did on Halloween, but, but none of that happens here. It's so strange. But all three of the neighborhoods I've lived in, there was nothing the next day. Like I remember walking outside my parents i grew up in a really nice nice area and we'd walk out into our cul-de-sac and they'd be covered in shaving cream and silly string and eggs and all that stuff every year after halloween it was just expected but nothing nothing here paul has the eggs and shaving cream kind of gone away in new york at this point you think i don't know i don't know maybe it has i I haven't lived there in over six years yeah it seemed like when i when i left new jersey 13 years ago that was kind of a thing of the past yeah it's so strange yeah we used to do some hellish things too, like fill bags all... up with maple syrup and throw them at our friends. Because the problem is the kids don't know how to throw eggs and toilet paper without a controller. Right. Right. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> oh, but I mean, there was some like mischief night. You know, I'd always have to make sure the car was in the garage in New right. Jersey. Right. Right. No, we we were yeah. uh, geared up for mischief night, man. Oh, yeah. There's nothing worse than especially for us, buses for a high target. Oh. Or the yeah, side sure. of the house, getting dried egg off the side of the house, it stains. You have to power wash it. Worse. We didn't have sides of the house. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speaking of houses, is this your neighbor? Is this your where you grew That's, up? This is actually my childhood house, 1222 Wilder Street. Wow. wow. Yeah. I thought I it like might the be the Rock's house, Rocky's house for a second. Uh, uh, close. That's, that's, yeah. Row I house mean, is a row house. Exactly. <laughs> We didn't have sides or yards or lawns or, you know, that kind of stuff. Is that two floors, Alex? Two floors. Two bedroom, two floors. That's classic, the, yeah. That typical, the back typical here where I'm sitting Philly. is probably wider than the house. Your parents still live there? No, no. My parents still live in, in my childhood house. Do they? Mine, uh, mine too. In fact, when I went home for Chicago a couple weeks, so I actually slept in my childhood <laughs> bedroom. My you parents actually a couple years finally did what uh, every – South Philadelphian aims to do go to the South Jersey, yeah, yeah. Cherry, Cherry Hill, baby. Yeah, That's where they all go. That's yep. awesome. Washington so Paul, you your new house yet? No, uh, as of actually, it's funny because I just got a call while we started the show from the uh, from the title company. But um, Friday we are closing, so and then construction starts because we have. Uh, contractor coming in to do a couple of things but i think we're, we were going to wait to move but i think we're going to just move what we have in our rental right now and and like you know sleep on air mattresses just to be in the house to get out of here because we're, we're so anxious to get in so the movers come on the 19th is it frozen on facebook or just on my phone it's um, not frozen here I don't think so. my phone's just showing frozen it could be your phone i'm looking yeah we're good yeah we're um good. Yeah, we had a money line here at Smokin, whether we were going to open the warehouse first or you were going to be in your home. Did you really? No. Oh, God, I would have taken that. I would have known, I taken, I knew I, that we, I wouldn't be in. I would have taken the warehouse, too. Yeah. 
So, so Paul, you'd rather sleep on air mattresses, though? I mean, is it that bad? Like, Coop, what, what, after the show, I'll give you a tour of this place. Oh. <laughs> okay. The slums of Wellington. The slums of Wellington. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to – I mean, we could wait a couple of days, too. I just didn't want to be in there while he's doing the construction, but the construction's not in the bedrooms. It's in, like, the you know the living room, the playroom, the right. den. So, And it's nothing crazy. They're just putting some built-ins in. What do you think I'm going to do, drop a power tool on your foot? I just don't like the kids running around when there's nails and hammers and that. Axel, we have a we have a rule in our house. There's no toy hammers anymore. So because I've gotten do, enough welts. What are you going to do when you have to do some construction in the next three years? We're not going to. Oh. Oh. So the house. Where Where are you? Who's uh, me and Cooper are laughing? Who sold you that bill of goods? Bad idea. Oh, you're going to see. Maybe you're a pool. Gonna... We'll do a pool in the Dude. Next Laundry uh, room, crown, deck, yeah, no, laundry room's right. all done. All yeah, yeah, okay. The pipe deck, behind the shower wall starts leaking or something. After <laughs> it's going to happen. Patio. All the shit she hates. Right. No. House. Yeah, Paul, no. There's, not a, uh, there's a big river in Africa, my friend. Where are you staying now, Paul? Find $5 bill bet you guys should make. Where am I staying now? I mean, are you staying, uh, you like you're renting a house? I'm renting a townhouse. You know those townhouses where it's like four in, like they, it's like the yeah. mushroom houses that you see in Florida, but it, this isn't a mushroom house. It's like four units around. But like, it's, I mean, I see lamps, I see drapes on the window. I mean, how bad could a nice ceiling fan? I see behind. Ceiling? How for, bad could it possibly be? How the third? It's awful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what an aristocrat. Not no, the, it's I it's, like it's fine inside. Not the Disney I, Yacht Club. I don't understand that, but. I like ah. I like Seth's idea. I'm gonna have like a bag of toy hammers delivered from Amazon every week now. Oh man, you don't uh, you don't know. You know the you dogs can... the dogs have had welts. Like I've never seen a dog with a bump on their head before. Nala has what had kind a bump of hammers on are you buying them? Those those toy plastic hammers that come with those fake tool sets. He Axel hit her on the head one time. She had a you big get the bump plastic like ones that squeak. That, that's what yeah, I was gonna those, say. Those yeah, are the fine. couple sided squeak yeah. hammers. Dude, uh, we we hide them all. He has a he has a tool bench, a toy tool bench, and it came. Look with at a the fear hammer. in Paul's eyes as he's talking about the hammers. He's like, hammer, right. dude, Look they, hurt. <laughs> they hurt. <laughs> they hurt. I, I my son. I listen. I'm legitimately afraid of my children when they have hammers or bats in their hands. I've been hurt too many times now. You know, I I feel like you come to a point and and you you learn that there is no greater pain than a child's head that smashes into you. So at that point, a hammer or anything else just you know. I still think the most like wicked like pain is like when you really like stub your toe really bad. And I, I'll I'll never forget. I had a four toe, four toes stubbed at once. It was a corner. It was that corner post coming like. Out of the kitchen into the like the little like uh, yeah favorite. the column Bro. there yeah I, I, yeah I stubbed all four from my second toe to my pinky. Let me tell you something. All I could do is hop to my bedroom and scream for like fucking five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Only slightly behind that is the Lego piece at at two a.m. that you step uh. on. Oh yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll agree with Abel. Yeah, I got four of those kids with Lego pieces and. And eyeliner things and this and that shit all over the floor. It's like mind boggling. I keep saying, "There's not a daily night in my house." I say they're gonna kill me one of these days. Yeah, I'm gonna step on something, wig out, fall, crack my neck. I'm telling you, my kids will kill me one of these days. I, I completely agree with that statement. They will be the death of me. 
Yeah. It, it's like, like whatever. Walking, it's like walking through like uh, Iraq, you know, looking for landmines going through my house. Coming <laughs> home from work. You never know when there could be an IUD under the couch. Seriously. It's brutal. No, it, it is. It is something else. Well, good times. Speaking of almost dying. Oh, did I ever tell no. you about the time I I ran into the? Uh, I was yeah, I was privy to that. I think we were coming over that we came over the next day for something. Oh yeah, when, no, when I want to hear. I knocked myself out. and They thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah, this no, is, what? Yeah, I came what over. That was on a Saturday, I think, and I came over the next day. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> let me tell you I don't something. Even, go ahead. Abe's got to take this one. I don't if, even know. If, if we had cameras inside this house, this video would have went viral so bad. I would have had like a million views overnight. It was literally like the craziest thing you could ever see in a video. So um, our dog at the time was, had, was having diarrhea, right? Oh, the worst. Yep. The worst. Because they so, get scared of it and run away from it. That's the problem because the first yep. thing you do is start screaming, no! You know, and the <laughs> dog freaks out and now is running, shooting through across the whole house. So... Oh. I see the dog. I get up. I'm going to the kitchen to get a cup of water. And I see a dog just starting to. And I scream, and that dog takes out running, spooting shit around. The <laughs> and and I'm in I'm I'm in socks, and I'm trying to chase the dog to pick her up and take her outside quick. And as I'm coming around the bend, I lose my footing. And you know I'm a big dude, so when you lose your footing, that's a lot of weight going in a lot of different directions. And I'm hopping, stumbling. Trying not off to your go, center of gravity. Trying not to go face first in the floor. Right. And it's about maybe 10 yards. And by the time I catch my footing, my momentum, I straighten up and there is the stair rail at the bottom of <laughs> the post. The, the, post, the big one. The, yeah. the wooden post, which I run into chest first, so hard I crack the post and fall on the back of my floor. Fall back, flat. Oh, the air is knocked out of me. So my wife and her friend were over, and they hear all this commotion. They come out, and I'm on the floor going. And they're freaking out. And you're grabbing your chest. Yes. And and Brandy's Brandy's like, this is it. I knew this was coming. Yeah, Brandy's like, insurance policy. Yes. No. So. They, they, they start saying call 911. I'm trying to tell them not to call 911, and I can't talk. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. So literally, before before they get 911, I, I, I managed, no, the first words out of my mouth was, Fuck the dog. I literally like folks cursing the dog. They knew something was up, and they waited. I had a welt in my chest for like two weeks, a big bruise. Oh my literally God. That big from the post. I never heard this story. Bro, if I could have recorded the sight of me flailing for about 12 yards and slamming chest first and going right on the ground, like a linebacker hit me. I went down and I couldn't breathe. And uh, yeah, they almost called 911 on me. Oh my God. Wow. You cracked the post on the cracked stairs? The post. Yeah, I, 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 pounds. I think I came over the next day. I don't remember if your arm was in a sling or you just couldn't lift it up or yeah. what. But yeah, you fucked up. I literally got hit, like I got hit by a truck, man. That was yeah. it was like a tree trunk, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those things are sturdy. The poster on my house has got to be that post has got to be. Yeah, it's that big one. It's that bottom yeah, one. It's, 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 it's got to yeah, be like the a tree trunk. <laughs> I'm telling you, if, if we had cameras inside the house, that would have been the funniest 
video ever. <laughs> a 400-pound guy chasing a shitting dog around a corner, losing his balance, sliding in and knocking himself out in a stereo pose. It's fucking hilarious. Did, that could be the next the big delicious comic book. I'm Did Brandy you. get the dog outside in time? Well, I, oh, that was part of it, too. They started noticing the shit on the floor. They started pacing. <laughs> they, they literally had the phone and were starting to dial 911. <laughs> Wait a second. Why is there diarrhea all over the floor? Literally. Yeah. I'm sure at first thought, they probably thought I shit myself. I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't want to assume, but I'm sure they were like, oh, he's having a heart attack and shitting all over the place. Yeah, what a way to go. <laughs> Abe, I see a new Big Delicious comic book on based on this story. Well, speaking of Big Delicious, I have seen the packaging for LBD. Matt Ooh. Booth sent it to me last week. It's... Uh, listen, I... I there's nothing I can do other than quote Matt Booth to best describe the packaging. Ooh, yeah. Great. Uh, I got to pull it up. Ready? Oh, this stupid phone never wants to work right. Eh, You're putting the text and it just won't, it won't show up any dialogue whatsoever. Here it is. Yes. So he sends me a picture of the box. He goes, the box factory says, wait, the box factory says this box is extremely gay. I said, perfect. <laughs> That was his literal text. What is it? Like all, all pink? And... You'll see it soon, man. We got a lot going on these last two months. Well, this is a, but, Abe, that's a project. It's been, you talked about this for about maybe four or five years, this project, right? Six now, so. years. Six, yeah, this is a long time for this. Uh, we talked sequel. about it after he had his son. And my son, I think, was a year old at the time. Wow, that's right. Yes, I remember that. And we said, let's do a project have... to commemorate our kids. We'll call it Little Big Delicious. And right. It took that long. Well, you know, he had that transition between sure. Davidoff and going on his own. And, you know, there was a lot of things that happened over time. But yeah, looks like that sucker's going to finally drop this year. That's great news. Yeah. Also, before we get into Coop, because uh, in hour two, we have a little change around schedule. In hour two, we have Vincent, Vincent Pastore, famous actor, well known for the, uh, his role as Big Pussy in The Sopranos. He'll be on in hour two. But I'm going to drop it now because I just got a confirmation from Saka. Um, Red Meat Lovers Club emails should go out next week. So if you pre-ordered your box of oh, Red great. Meat Lovers Club, um, you should get an email next week. You'll have 14 days to pay the balance on the box and we'll get it out. Um, we would like to get out everybody who pre-ordered a box before we sell some of the extra boxes we have. But there will be extra available. So Can, uh, I, can I pick mine up instead of having you ship it? Probably not. No. Sounds about right. <laughs> I've been anticipating this one, man. And you know what? I was afraid to ask whether or not those would be delayed. But that's great. November, that's that's nope. exactly when they were supposed to be here. So No, nope. in fact, they are in transit. So emails really should go out next week. That's awesome. Nice. Once I get the tracking number and really kind of see them up here on the way, yeah, we'll send All out right, the emails. Right. Give people time to start paying for them so that by the time they get here, we could ship most of them out right, right out away. Door, absolutely. Good news. You said you will have extra boxes? If yeah, we ordered like... extra because we knew between when we did the pre-order and now there are people who have just heard of it, never got knew about it, so we ordered extra. You know, There was a guy on Smoking Social the other day that literally said that. I think Michelle uh, Pauzer was smoking a Red Meat Lovers Club in a tub, and uh, and he said, I, I've only just heard about this. I, I wish I could get it. So Yeah, he, will, he can. He can. We'll have extra. We'll That's have extra. great. That's good. It's a great cigar. I, you know what? I'm almost regretting I didn't buy more than one one uh, pack. Well, you can because we have extra. 
Oh, oh wow. that's true. There you go. I'll be, I'll I'm on a, I'm on a very tight budget right now. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know how good they're gonna be, but uh, you know. <laughs> oh, is that a Paul DeGracco impersonation? I don't know. That was a Paul no, Saka. That was a Saka. I was trying to. Do, it was my Saka. No, if you're gonna do Saka, you have to raise your head back a little bit like this. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, yeah. the box press. Well, see what people think. He looks up and blinks a lot. Yeah. You know, like he's talking to somebody up there. Good evening, everybody. Honest Abe here from Smoking Headquarters in Boynton Beach, Florida. Kudos to you, Steve, for making one hell of a stick. Well, they actually don't know that the stick's any good at it yet. Who's going to smoke this? <laughs> oh, my God. Why do I get myself into these things? Why do I do I these things? I need to mess with that program some more. <laughs> it, it, it was really funny, too, because uh, I, I didn't know whereby on the drive home the other night, and we started talking about Connoisseur Club. And one of the things you know we're talking about is you know how much effort really goes, not just on our part, even the manufacturers. Because I know they're not – some of them are excited. I mean, actually, next year we have, like, so many new companies because they want to be involved. But, you know, it's really a pain in the ass for them to make like 600, 650 cigars, right? And I just, I literally said, I know that every time Steve puts in a production schedule and slots <laughs> in like 650, he goes, he, I, he must say out loud, fuck Abe. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I, I would bet good money, there's a good money online that he literally says it out loud, fuck Abe. But you know what? Isn't that such a great opportunity for them for something that they're no. like, no, it's, like it's, on yeah, the fence no. about? I mean, it's it is, but it's so. It just depends. Some of these guys are really into it, and, and they really the want to work are. it, and they're excited about it. you know the, the the geeky side of them. But like for a guy like Steve, that everything's always a headache, everything's always behind, right? Everything is always a problem. Yeah, dude. The last thing he wants to say, yeah, now I got to worry about blending these because you know Steve's not just going to make six hundred cigars. He's going to put the same effort into making six hundred cigars. He you know does anything else he does. So it's right, right, different. yeah. That's why so many companies where they want, they don't want to do a production. They want to try. Like, they want to sell you something that they have in the warehouse, so the fa- or the aging room in the factory, right? Because it is, it is, it does, it is a disruptor to some. Uh, yeah, I mean, it means you got to stop a- production on something and yeah. have a group yeah. just take on this six hundred cigar, which they do. Yeah, which they do for a lot of projects. I mean, everyone. I was going to say, yeah, but it's all, right. but it's only six hundred cigars, six hundred thousand. Right. You know, I mean, it's like. Right. But but I would think that like maybe guys maybe not. You know what that's guys, equivalent but... of, Paul? When you really got like you gotta oh, go to the bathroom and you run and you get to the toilet and you take the shit and it's like one poop this big, you're like what? Where the <laughs> fuck's the rest of it? <laughs> that's what the equivalent is. Like, you know, I mean that could have been what was causing me all the pain, that little <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's like the most disappointing crap in your life. I would just think though that like there might be blends that they're like, I don't know if this'll be be great for my for my profile like for what we normally put out but it's such a good cigar like make, so make a make 600 of them and now you have an opportunity to see like what what it what people think about it in the marketplace look i'm telling you like in the real world the they prior don't. world in the prior world pre-covid this would have been probably a little bit more exciting for a lot of these guys yeah yeah but you gotta remember i created this during covid right during right. the close down of covid is when i thought about doing right. this and you know, everybody's fighting production issues, so it's right. not like the easiest yeah. burden. But neither here nor there, we're going to have an early edition of the scoop with Coop in hour one, and let's give Coop a shot. Let's let him tell us what's going on. 
Hold on, let's play his video. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Yeah, it does feel a little strange doing this at 10.30 as opposed to 11.30. It's right? It does. I mean, even though it's the same show or everything. But um, we, but it was a little bit of a light week of news, but there is some news this week. Um, the big announcements, I think, came out of J.C. Newman this week. Uh, Drew Newman put a video up at the beginning of the week uh, highlighting some of the 2022 projects that the company has. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of uh, summarize them here. So the first one is a new line called Angel Cuesta. Um, and that's the Cuesta as in Cuesta Ray. So the Cuesta Ray brand, which is one of the Jason Newman brands, Angel Cuesta is uh, one of the founders. Um, that's going to be a brand new line. And if actually, if you watch the, the Scar Coop PCA coverage, uh, Drew Newman talked about this project at PCA. What's, what people really want to know about this Angel Cuesta line, it's coming out of the Elver Hole factory. So it's going to be the second blend or the second uh, line to come out of the, uh, the Elver Hole factory. Um, it's not going to be like an all-American cigar like the American, but it's still going to be made uh, in Tampa. So that's something that's planned for 2022, and I think fans are going to be very excited for that one. So they're playing a cigar for 2002, made at the factory where they can barely make enough Americans. So it'll be another line of cigar that barely anybody will be able to get. <laughs> um, I'm just asking questions. I'm asking for a friend. You're asking for a friend. That's a fair question. Um you know, and J.C. Newman, I, I always notice they don't rush anything either. I'll, I'll be fair. So this wouldn't surprise. I don't know when in 2022. This could be a, another year out still. I mean, he was talking about this with us at the trade show as something that was going to come out at the end of this year. So it's 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 obviously gone into 2022 right now. Yeah, that, that's interesting because, like you said, Abe, I mean, we were at the J.C. Newman factory, and there's literally like three people rolling Americans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that it's it's amazing. That room is, and it's a big room. But they planned on doing more. You know, that room obviously was, was meant to be add people sure. at some point. Sure. So I don't know if that's the plan. They're going to add people or not. Oh, that room could hold more. I think it was spaced out for COVID. Oh, it totally was spaced out for yeah, COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and they only had a few rolling tables, but they could put a lot more rolling tables in there. They could probably get about twenty-five pairs in that room. I would, I would think. Yeah. Mm. Twelve. 12 of two, right? Yeah, 12 pairs. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. Yeah, okay. Those those two people tables are bigger than you think. Yeah, I think you're right. No, I can see what you're saying. It is a big room, though. Yeah. It is a big room, but 12 pairs take up room. Yeah, Yeah. I can see six and six. You're not stacking on top of each other. They got to be able to walk around their workstation and stuff. Yeah, I can see six and six. Yep, I can see it, too. They, okay, so J.C. Newman also announced uh, a couple of uh, revampings of existing lines. So this next one, uh, it was another one that we talked about at the PCA with Drew Newman that's on our coverage. But the Black Diamond line, uh, which was introduced a few years ago, um, that's made down at the Fuente factory, is getting the one overhauled. one you can barely get? That one? <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I'm limited. Just confirming. Is that the one we're talking about? The one that has very little production you can barely get any? Limited production. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they're revamping that. They're changing the blend. Uh, they're changing the packaging. Um, so it's going to have a, a new uh, press design. It's going to have uh, some a new band. It's going to be uh, what they call extra age tobaccos in there. Um, I like the Black Diamond. Um, so I'm, I, I got to wonder, why are they changing? I mean, you usually don't change a blend unless there was issues or a lot of complaints. 
being the cigar really wasn't out there that much, I don't know where they, you know, where they were getting their feedback from. It, it was a little surprising um, because, like I said, they um, they did this similar thing with the Perla Del Mar, but that one I kind of understand it was in the market a lot longer. This one, like I said, I thought it was the blend was pretty good, so um, I don't know if they weren't satisfied with it or maybe it was a tobacco issue. That yeah, one maybe I, they I couldn't can't... find. Maybe they couldn't find the tobacco they were using anymore. Sometimes that that is an issue. They didn't say, but uh, they're other than this is going to change next year for sure. Which, by the way, Perla Del Mar, one of the worst repackaging I've seen in my career. One of the top I've seen. I hate the new PDR. Now, people well, see. I just said it. PDR, because that's you what did. I think every yeah. time I yeah. look at Perla Del Mar. Now, I keep thinking it's a PDR cigar. PDM. It says PDM on it, and it just it looks like a PD. It, my first instinct every time I look at Perla Del Mar now is, oh, somebody's smoking a PDR, which is like the, not what you want any of your consumers or fans to have their first reaction when looking at a package. You don't find that coop that you're looking at the new the Perla Del Mar when they redid it that you, you think they're PDRs? Oh, I totally keep saying P- PDR. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest with you, I I didn't hate the packaging redesign as much as you did though. I thought I thought it cleaned it up. And Not thought, so much the packaging redesign. I take that back. Just right. the label. Okay. Just that label yeah. on the cigar when people are posting it, thing, and all you see is PDM. Yeah. yeah. Which, at first thought, you're looking at you think you're just looking at PDR because you've been looking at PDR for years. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then the last thing I'll mention is uh, another line. This one, I this one I just found out about with the video coming out. Uh, El Baton, which is actually a a line that's been around for a while under um, J.C. Newman, is also going to be uh, re uh, repackaged. I don't know if there's going to be blend changes. Um, and resurrected that's, is the word. I think resurrected. You know, but that's a good cigar. El Baton was a good cigar. It just kind of, I think, fell in the background with all the other projects J.C. Newman had. So I was really happy to see um, that line kind of maybe get some attention because I used to smoke the heck out of El Baton. I mean, that was was, a – you want to talk about a rotation cigar for me. That was a rotation cigar for me. It was a very decent cigar at a low price point. For the price point, it was fantastic. They were in that, like, $6 range or something like that. They were – it was just great value. So I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, that's. They have like a that, blue band. That's yeah, when it, you were still wearing skirts off Broadway before you. Started. <laughs> <laughs> I never wore. Actually, that's a lie. Skirts and dresses. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, if you're playing a female character in an improv show, you gotta you know play or, the part. Or going man. to a, or yeah, going but to you're a wedding. Take it off before you go home, Paul. Or go to a wedding. You went to a wedding. Right. One. Oh, I was in that dress for thirty <laughs> seconds, maybe a minute. Paul, it what, doesn't what? matter. You were in the dress. <laughs> You've never been in a dress, Alex. No, I've never been. Never in a dress. been. I've never wow. been in a dress, and I will never be in a dress. Hey, guess who I know has? Who else has been in a dress before? Right here. Thanks, Alex. That's great. Uh, be Abe. Yeah, but Abe, Abe did it for charity. Abe did it for charity. Mine was charity too. I I did it for my sister in law's wedding. <laughs> What's oh, that? Yeah, the charity? It, 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 those guys admit it to kind of yeah. Those are. I don't know. Do, in, Paul's do you know what? Defense, in Paul's defense, I've met his sister-in-law. She is a charity, so yeah. <laughs> oh, no, she's, not. she's wonderful. Oh Jesus, please! I, so that's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Steph, oh. I'm just kidding. She's not watching. She's at yeah. the uh, the West Palm Beach, uh, whatever it's called, Green Fair or whatever the hell that those things yeah. are. Thank God. Whew. Anyway, what else you got, Coop? Knocking oh. my door at 9 o'clock tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other story uh, to kind of close this one out is um, General Cigar. 
has announced a release under the Cohiba line called the Cohiba C8. Um, now, this is going to be uh, no, Cohiba is a luxury line, and this is going to be definitely a luxury item that's going to be sold primarily at duty free shops, um, you know, in the US and, and around the world, mostly in the US there. Um, but the thing is, this is going to be an offering. It's going to have 10 cigars in it. Um, it's going to have an ST DuPont cutter and lighter. And it's going to come in this nice, uh, like briefcase. And, uh, it's going to be priced at $2,499.99. So you can look for that at your local duty-free shop right now, uh, as a Cohiba offering. If you're interested in double Peron. Cigar, the Sumatra wrapper, broadleaf binder, and various fillers from the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Honduras. So they're going like for the Prince of Dubai purchases. Got people going through the airport. That's like, what they're yeah. That's what they're going for. And you know, you see that like, Davidoff's been doing that for a long time right now at the duty free shop. So, um, you know, they're not going to position that. Oh, by the way, for that, only slightly less expensive than the twenty four thousand dollar Oliva humidors. You see that one? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, there's only going to be like... Right when I see 24,000, I stop reading. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, there's only, and by the way, it's a very small release. They're saying only 50 of these. So these, you're probably going to see one or two of these at a duty-free shop. Right. Uh, but it's interesting Listen, that Cohiba's getting into... Sell. Yeah. <laughs> one or two of those, ever. Actually, no, you, that stuff will probably sell to some people going through you, the airport. You, you know what? I'll say this... Yeah, I think it will. You just again, it's a different type of buyer you're going for with that, you know. It's just not like you know, you go, there's, a, there's it's like that Rob Report stuff that's done. It's it's geared at a certain audience, and, and there's a market for that. And I obviously they're, they're testing the waters with that. Yeah, you're on vacation, you're going through the airport. Why the hell not? Yeah, I want to respond to Kevin Shahan, by the way. Yeah, my boobs didn't go for as much as Saka's, but you know, that was done by the pound. Saka's boobs were way bigger. <laughs> do, do you know, Abe? When I clicked on, ever since I clicked on that picture of you guys, right, for like a year in my Facebook feed, I was getting like all these like ads for like plus size women's nightwear after that. I, Facebook's I, was, trying to tell you something. And, yeah, I was like, I finally had a clear nice negligee. I should, I should have gotten on some kind of like affiliate program. Yeah. No, seriously. You're still yeah, getting all the Disney stuff though. Yeah. Now. Well, then I got the Disney stuff with you. Yeah. Which I was getting that for. Finally, that stopped. Now I'm getting slot machines. So I oh. know what it. it yeah, it, I'm just kind of always curious what happened. Now I get the slot machine stuff all the time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What else you got, Coop? Alleviate all of that. Um, that's it for this week. It was a pretty light week this week in news. All right. Uh, we do have our next guest on. We have our next two guests on. So you yes, want to move right along to meet your maker? Yep. You, you well, not meet your maker. Do you want to get Hector in? Yeah, that's, that's maker. what I figured. That would be well, I guess that's kind of not a meet maker. You want to run a meet your maker? Go ahead. That's what I'm doing. Hector's a maker. Hector I, love, is I maker. love Hector, and he is the maker. Hector is a I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Joining now, joining us live from the, uh, I think the heart of Hialeah Gardens or somewhere uh, around. Neg negative, sir. The suburbs of South Miami-Dade County. Oh, I'm sorry, only in sir. <laughs> only in Hialeah for work. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were at work or not. In all honesty, although you're right. You're so there's not a tiki hut 
Yeah, at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're in the no I am plane. enjoying. I am enjoying the beautiful, glorious Miami weather today. It's like 73 or something like that. And uh, I was listening to you guys prior. Coop, what's happening is that you're getting Googled and algorithmed. My, my suggestion to you is do not look for a pair of black Crocs on the Internet. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> all right? No, no, no. Welcome By the way, to the show, Hector Alfonso Sr. Yeah, Hector knows the cigars. Yeah, How so we have Hector for a very special segment of Meet Your Maker because we were talking about a project I think we kind of really all started almost a year ago. Um, uh, and that's yeah. a cigar I've been smoking all show right now. Uh, this is a project Kevin Shahan, who couldn't join us today because he's at work, um, reached out to me to want to make this cigar with Espinosa Cigars. All right, it's called Back in Black. And we brought Hector on to talk a little bit about this blend and this special project that they made for Cigar Prop. Hector. Well, I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for questions. I'm waiting for questions. Hey, so anyway. <laughs> I, we, I know nothing about here. the cigar, so I'm, I'm not in the know. So just, just right. give us the so rundown of what the cigar I'm is. Gonna, I'm going to tell you the honest truth from the beginning. So the project comes across my desk. Eric says, hey, we're going to do this. And I said, Cigar who? And he goes, Cigar Prop. I go, come on, man. He said, no, seriously. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, listen, Abe wants to do this project. And for those of you who don't know, Eric and Abe have a have a have an unusual relationship. It's almost a hate love. I'd say it was love hate, but it's like a hate love. Uh, but I know that they go back a long, long time. And and uh, Eric, Eric is very Eric has very fond, has a lot of affinity for Abe. So he says, hey, bro, we got to do this for him. So uh, this is what he wants to do. So what he wanted was a black back a black to black or dark on dark uh barber pole which you know the whole idea of the barber pole is to have contrasting wrappers right, that, the you know, that, get, that get your attention but uh as you know uh, we're if we're nothing but serviceable we're here to service the client whether i want to or not so uh i uh, not traveling to nicaragua because of covid i got on the phone with my people in nicaragua i said he wants a very strong cigar because uh, I remember the notes. The notes, it has to be strong. All right, let me give you the notes as I, as I remember. Uh, bro, it's got to be dark. Uh, bro, it's got to be strong. And, and bro, it's got to be right because you know how Abe gets. So those are the three things that were on my list. <laughs> and Abe is smiling, but he knows that I'm on point with that. So I, I got on the phone with her. I said, listen, I want to do this project. And I knew the answer when I asked her. I said, look, we want to do a two dark wrappers. And she goes, but why would you waste? I, I go, listen, just... Just work with me, you know. Just work with me. I know it doesn't make any sense because to them, they think Americans are crazy, and of course, we know that. You know, we say that they're crazy over there. But uh, I told her, look, I like, I, I like this. I, I, I have a couple of blend options that I want. So she took care of it, uh, and then she did it in a couple of wrappers. We did a uh, Habano Cafe with Mexican. We did a Mexican with Pennsylvania, and then we did a Pennsylvania with Habano Cafe, as you guys were talking about earlier. Uh, the tobacco shortages and finding stuff is that's real. Don't think that it's an excuse by the cigar manufacturers to delay things. It's real. We we have those troubles. We have those problems. And as life would have, as luck would have it, uh, Kevin picked the blend that was Mexican and Pennsylvania Pennsylvania broadly, which we <laughs> immediately immediately had run out of. So no habano, no habano. I was gonna say no habano. <laughs> no, see habano, bro. Habano, habano is Eric. If it's not habano, bro, uh, you know, I know habano is what's where's that. I like Habano. I don't care what nobody says. And I signed the checks. So anyway, uh, I had to, we had to reach back out to Abe. And I think, I know we, I know we went to Kevin and uh, we said, listen, we don't have this. Uh, we could, we will eventually have it if you want to wait another six months. And I know they didn't. So we went with the next, uh, the second best blend he liked, 
which is a very strong, not a super strong, but a very, a very Nicaragua, you know, an Eric Espinosa style cigar. It has, uh, it's bold. It's bold. It has, you know, uh, we have Viso, we have Viso and uh, Ligero from Esteli, and we have a little uh, Viso from Condega. And then we wrapped it in our in our secret circuit, our super, our, what is a super secretive binder? Actually, it's a binder from Jalapa. And we threw those, we threw the the bomba, the La Bamba wrapper, which is the Habano Cafe, and we threw a, a Mexican. I think it's kind of an, if I'm not mistaken, it's a very meaty kind of Mexican. It's a very, uh, it's got a lot of tooth. It does. Got tooth. Because yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, I have not smoked one. They came in, and when I grabbed the box, Eric goes, "No, bro, no, no, bro." I said, "No, but what's going to be the problem if you shorted Abe one?" He goes, because you don't have to talk to Abe if you short him a box. I said, all right, bro, just go ahead. You know, so, so I've got a bundle coming eventually when the when 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 eventually I got a bundle coming. They're That's good, Hector. They came out really, really good. I, have, I I appreciate that. Eric did a great job. We when we we did a we did a little we did a little tour at our warehouse uh, when um, a bunch of our socialites came in from out of town, and the shipment just happened to arrive there, and Kevin was there, so. Um, I had given Kevin a, bo uh, a box. He go and I opened a box and shared it with the guys there. So I had one then. This is my second one. And I was just showing, trying to get on the camera. If you could see how, you know, it doesn't really look like a barber pole, but it is. You see yeah. it there. Yeah, it does actually, when you get. Yeah, you can see it. I, yeah. I, I think, like that actually. I, I, think, I think what actually fun. what you what you see more is it looks like uh, it looks kind of like the band, which is shiny and flat. Yeah. So you have the the, the shiny wrapper and the habano, and then you have the flat wrapper from the Mexican. That's, so I think it's the box too. Listen, we, oh, yeah. ever any anything like this, you know, we we want to do a good job, and but making cigars the last two years have been difficult, as as Coop well knows because Coop is a friend of mine outside of the industry. I talked to Coop and I said, listen, we work on a blend. I have an idea of a blend. They send me a sample. It takes a month. I get it. I have to wait a week or so to smoke it. Then I have to decide quick if we're gonna we're gonna try to go with this or change it. In that time period, guys, a month has gone by. And the person who's expecting the cigar is now delayed a month, delayed a month, delayed a month. And at the end of the day, as bad as things are with for, for people getting tobacco and getting cigars back, the cigars aren't the hardest part. It's all the the ancillary chain is crazy. The box guy and the band guy. The, everybody is swamped. Everybody is absolutely swamped. But I'm glad you like it. I'm glad Kevin liked it because I know that his followers are his followers are going to scoop that stuff up. And that's great for Lazone. It's great for Espinosa. It's great for Eric. It's great for Abe. It's great for him. It's, it's good for everybody involved. It's, it's great, great for, for everybody. The consumers. It, it, so, is, this a, is this a limited run, guys? Yes. Uh, I can okay. see the, the questions blowing up here. There's only 200 boxes made, of which now there's only 198 available. Um, and uh, it will go on sale Wednesday, November 10th at noon Eastern Daylight Time. So that's when the 200 boxes are going to go up on sale this coming Wednesday, noon. Don't expect them to stay around. It was kind of this was Kevin's first foray into making a cigar prop uh, branded blend that he worked on personally with uh, Eric, Hector and Eric. So um, it was kind of a fun, cool little project that we got to be involved with. And um, like I said, anybody who's looking for more interested, this Wednesday, November 10th, noon, Eastern Daylight Time. And Abe will be doing a live feed at 7? And we got a live feed with Kevin. Seven o'clock that night, just to talk about it and whatnot. And this is not part of his Trash Panda stuff. This was a project I think we started well before he even conceived Trash Panda. So, cool. Hector, thanks for coming on. We deeply appreciate it. it little, no, my uh, pleasure. Uh, no problem. I, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to being awake at ten forty-five. That's good. Come on, <laughs> you, you were up. You were up. 
I was actually, but you know, it's it's. I'm telling you, it's glorious outside. It's absolutely. Glorious. Yeah, we're we're finally getting fall weather now, so it's it's nice. So let's enjoy this one week of fall weather. All right, yeah, guys, exactly. thanks for having me on. I'm, yeah, exactly. I appreciate it. Anytime I can be with. All Hector, right, thank you so much. Take care, Hector. We're gonna cut to break. Uh, after the break, we have a very special guest, actor Vincent Pastori. Don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. Almost. What's going on, everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and this is the Back in Black hat from Smoke In. This is the Back in Black album from ACDC. And this is the Back in Black cigar from Espinosa and Cigar Prop. A beautiful dark-on-dark barber pole cigar featuring Mexican San Andreas and Habano wrappers binders and fillers from Condega and Esteli, Nicaragua. This dark-on-dark dark barber pole is an absolute delectable treat, and it is in limited supply. There are only 210-count boxes available. They are $95 per box. They are going to go on sale Wednesday, September 10th, noon Eastern Standard Time on the Smoke In website. You're going to want to set a reminder, these cigars are going to go fast. And speaking of going fast, the record for a smoke-in small batch release is 600 boxes in 90 minutes. So to beat that record, we have to sell all 200 boxes in 29 minutes or less. So, what do you think, Prop Nation? You up for another challenge? Being a dad's not easy. Gotta enjoy the little things. Ever hear of a sippy cup? Yeah, that's not apple juice. That's Sunal, Bonner Private Wines. You know, our friends over at Bonner Private Wines have a really, really great deal for KMA listeners right now. All you have to do is go to kmawines.com, check it out, and we will give you a discount on shipping and a discount on the three bottle package. In that package is Sunal. It's a wine from 8,950 feet in the air. It's one of the hardest vineyards to get wine from. The vines are under stress, the wine is delicious, and it'll get you through days like these. When you have lots of things to do and it feels like it will never end. So go to kmawines.com and uh, join the rest of us dads while we get our kids prepared for the day and just need that little extra kick. It's a Saturday, it's, it's okay if we do day drinking. We're dads, we enjoy it. We're allowed to have some fun. Here you go, buddy. You have yours, I have mine. Cheers. KMA Wines, well, that's for daddy. KMAWines.com, check it out. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between AJ Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabaculera AJ Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Puro is a medium, the full-body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, 
coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Talk radio. What, Abe? You want to say something? No, boy. No, 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 no. No, for those people asking questions about the advent calendar because we're showing the commercials, we still have hope. We still have hope. Still, still on the ship off of Long Beach, but you know, we're still trying to make it happen on time. So we're gonna, we're gonna, get we're gonna keep showing the commercials. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there as soon as we know that sucker's on a truck in transit. Here, we will post up all the information. Abe, you'll find a way. Dude, let me every day. I have to be his living nightmare. Yeah. Is anybody yeah. is anybody in your in your crew uh dive certified? Because we could get them out there and they could just swim to the boat. There ain't no getting out there, man. Right. There ain't which no boat? That's the problem. Yeah, right. which boat? All right. So uh it is an exciting time for us here at KMA Talk Radio. Uh, all of us, I think every single one of us, uh, were infatuated with the Sopranos and are big fans of this guy, and he agreed to come on our show. Without further ado, Vincent Pastore from many different films and TV shows, and welcome, Vincent, to KMA Talk Radio. From the Bronx. From the Bronx. That's where I am right now. I'm not going to tell you where in the Bronx, but from the Bronx. Is that is that where you live now? No, I, I grew up in uh, New Rochelle, New York, in Westchester, yeah. and um, I was running clubs, discos, rock and roll clubs, and then then I moved to uh, Pelham Bay in the Bronx when I wanted to get into acting because uh, it was cheaper for me to live there. That's the truth. How old were you when you did that? I was forty-two. So what made you at that point in your life decide to get into acting? Uh, I didn't know what else I was going to do with my life. I was all burnt out. From the club scene and, and running yeah. all the clubs? You just yeah, wanted so to I started thinking about acting. Did, and, so then you, I got, and then I got serious, yeah. So you made the conscious decision. Nobody just saw you and said, hey, we'd love to use you. Well, you know, when 
I, the last, uh, my Alamo, my last club, I was on North Avenue Rochelle, and uh, I was sitting between uh, Maddie and Kevin Dillon, and it's a true story, and we had the bar shut down, and we were watching Public Greenwich Village uh, on video, and Maddie said, you could do that kind of work, and I said to Maddie, I never wanted to ask you, because I was close with the kids, and Maddie said to Kevin, uh, hook him up with Charlie Massey, uh, Kevin's manager. And that was that when I said, whoa. And then uh, the phone rang one day when I was mopping the floor on the bar and it was Kevin. He says, you know, you got an appointment this afternoon downtown. I said, what? And that's that's when I got serious. Wow. Because those yeah. kids gave me the push. And then I wind up working. Uh, Frank Vincent, we were watching Frank's work from my bar, Pub Greenwich Village. And Maddie said, you could do that. I wind up doing 11 movies with um, Frank Vincent. Oh, wow. I mean, I didn't do any scenes with Frank and Sopranos, but Frank and I, uh, we got real close. So it's 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 weird, you know, how things turn out, you know. I mean, what what would you consider your first? Because you were like uh, people people notice you now in these movies, but you were in Goodfellas, Carlito's yeah. Way. Like, what was yeah. your what was your first big role where you were like, oh my god, like this? I'm actually doing this now. Uh, jerky boys the jerky oh, boys movie oh yeah. yeah 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 um that's a true story that they offered it to Sirico, tony because tony danza produced it tony right. uh danza and emilio estevez produced it and they offered to Sirico, and Sirico wanted more money so i was i was hurt man i said i'll take it because this was pre-gotti and all of a sudden, I'm working uh, opposite Alan Arkin, and I think that was the launch. The only thing that came out at a bad time for some reason. I just remember going to the premiere uh, with my girlfriend, who was a snowstorm. But it became a cult movie. And then Gotti, when I'm on DeSante, put me on the map. I right. just finished working with I'm on on a movie uh, down a little Italy called Don Q. Uh, we just wrapped. Uh, it's about um, it's a spoof on Don Quixote. He thinks he's Don Quixote. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And Federico is in it, and uh, Chuck Zito is in it, and Sandra Santiago's in it. We just wrapped that up, so I'm still working, you know. But um, it, I got to tell it the story. The true story is I was down and out, and uh, for some reason, Kevin and Maddie gave me that push and then i remember one day i was taking a train into the city and i ran into maddie and he said where you going i said i got an audition from from bugsy and he said that's warren Beatty's movie so it's like these guys these guys were interested to see where i was going and then when sopranos took off you know kevin and i went to saudi arabia together last year before covid with the comic-con it was me, Kevin Dillon, because he went with Entourage, and I went with Federico and Johnny Sachs, uh, Vince, with Sopranos. We went over there. That place, can I curse? Yeah. yeah. That place is fucked up. <laughs> How so? You can't smoke a cigar. Right. You can't have a drink. If they catch you smoking a joint, they cut your fucking fingers off. Really? <laughs> now, we didn't leave the hotel. I wow. wouldn't leave. Huh. I left the hotel to go. William Shanton, nobody wanted to leave the hotel. We left the hotel. We get in the van to go to the event and then to come back. 
<laughs> yeah, Dubai's a lot more fun. I don't think I want to go back to this fucking... Where did I go? I didn't go to Dubai. Where did I go? Saudi Arabia, you said. Yeah, but what town? River. Riza. Riza? River? Ridaya. Ridaya? Yeah, Riza was... Uh, I worked with Riza on Wu-Tang. That's a different Riza. <laughs> <laughs> I just worked with uh, Wu Tang, Rizzo. Well, about two years ago, I did the yeah. first season. This is cool. So this is a cigar thing. I got a cigar here. Somebody gave me from uh, from the Bugatti the other night because I did an appearance with Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharippa, and it says on. I bet it's a piece of shit cigar. <laughs> Nineteen fifty nine pre embargo. What kind of cigar is this? It's a Cuban. It's a Cuban. Oh, Let me yeah. see. Hold it up to the camera. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. This ain't no Cuban. No, I think they're just using the word. <laughs> I think they're just using. I think they're just using it. Hey, could it be that pre-embargo line they made that they called pre-embargo uh, coupe? I don't think that. That was the, that was an Alex Bradley. Nine. And I don't like what the label is. It's on the foot, right? Yeah, foot yeah that's not the Alec Bradley. That's not the Alec Bradley one. So you got to smoke the... Uh, I always like to take the labels off. Yeah, yeah you take that off. Yeah. So this thing is stale. Okay, listen. I came on the talk show. Send me some decent cigars. Yeah, Abe. <laughs> we can do that. Get what do you, what do you normally in. smoke? Pot. <laughs> <laughs> You said I could say what I want. Yeah, yeah that's what I want. All right, all right. We're, we're yeah, Florida, man. Look, look at me. I came out of the club business in the late 60s. I was wow. rocking and rolling until like 89, 90. Then I stopped doing everything. And now I smoke pot. But what happened because of COVID, uh, I started smoking pot. Did you really start during COVID? No, I started smoking it like a lot during COVID. I was always, always, always smoking pot. Right. First time I ever smoked a joint was 1968. I was at the Pentagon. I was working in the Pentagon. And uh, me and my friend Benny from the Bronx, we were walking back to uh, Fort Meyer where we used to stay. And he says, I got a joint. Let's go smoke a joint. And we had our uniforms on and we leaned up against the Pentagon. It was 1968. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that now. First time, first time I ever got high in my life. Wow. So I think we want to, if you're okay with it, ask you a couple of Sopranos questions. I mean, you guys, you guys are kind of yeah, Michael. In fact, I got the tour here. We just did. Uh, it's called Comedy and Conversations with Sopranos, and it's with me, Michael Imperioli, Steve Sharippa. We already did. Uh, these were dates that were booked before COVID, so we have to go. Uh, we want to go back and 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 and, and knock these shows out. We did Warren, Ohio. We did Mess, Arizona. We just did Atlantic City, the Bogota. Went at um, uh, uh, Endiamo's in Detroit, November 20th. That's where uh, um, Donnie Wahlberg's wife is from. What's her name? The blonde. Jenny? Oh, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. she's from. Yeah. But she never comes on shows. Yeah. And then we're doing Staten Island, February 12th. And then we do Canada. And then we go to uh, Great Britain. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. That's okay. Yeah, with this show, it's pretty hot. It's 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 a great show. We had um about thirteen hundred people Saturday night at the Bagan. Great. Yeah, you can ask me anything you want, but don't ask me at the ending. I actually I read something this week 
that David finally came out with the end. And, and me and Michael agreed with what David said on stage the other night. And that is that Tony's dead. That's what I thought. He yeah. said that's what how he put it in his head, that that's how he would die. But he never thought it was going to blow up to be this big question. And why he waited all now, till now, to say Tony's dead is I don't get it. You know, my my question would be when you when you went to the audition, started filming, because you were on from the beginning. Yeah. Did you have any idea in your head? Like I was one of the I was in high school when it started. I from the from day one I did Sopranos viewing parties. I was probably in tenth grade. I have all my buddies come over and we'd, and we'd watch it every Sunday. So did you, you watched think, the pilot the first time it was ever on. Absolutely. Well, you I saw you, Sopranos. You made you watch the pilot. I mean, it was nobody knew what it was about. Because because it was a mafioso thing. Like I, I, right, I, I was right. always into that yeah. stuff. Right, right. Did you have any idea that it was going to be as big as it was when you were well, filming? You know, I'm going to tell you something. We're in the West Bank on 42nd Street. It's me, Dominic, Chinese, Tony Sirico, and we're having lunch with uh, Steve, the owner of the West Bank. And Stephen said, did you guys go down the corner and see what they did yet? I said, who? HBO. And he said, go. I'll keep your dinners, your lunches uh, warm. And we walked down to uh, 42nd Street and Broadway, and HBO had covered the whole wall with that first poster that came out with The Sopranos with Jimmy in the middle. And yep. we said, holy shit. And, you know... <laughs> And, and forget about what they did up and down Sunset Boulevard. So they saturated the market that this project was coming out. So we did have guys like you watching it from day one. Yeah. But what, but but the ducks fucked my head up. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> after we shot the pilot, guys, we were on a long break. We only shot the pilot. And we didn't know that we were going to go into series. Right, you and do then, that sometimes, right? And then you never hear anything back from these guys. Do, I do it all the time. I do it like once every three months. You shoot pilots with your friends and everything. But this was big. This was HBO. And the pilot cost a lot of money to shoot. So it was, there was a, the thing is when you shoot the pilot, they got to give you a contract from day one, the, 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 the length that you're going to be on the show. So when I shot the pilot... They gave me a seven-year contract, which they never honored. Huh. So who do I who do I ask for one of you guys to go chase them for my money? <laughs> we know some people. Alex. <laughs> yeah, Alex from South. Alex is from South Philly, so he you know because they gave you a seven-year contract, but then they say, guess what? The end of the second year, you're going to be dead. Oh, so they told oh, they you that? Told you? Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, David told me between the first season and the second season, he called me up. He said, "I didn't the, realize it was that, that it was that early on." Right? It felt like it was later in the series. You know? No, yeah. I only did two seasons. Wow! Vincent, did you audition difference? for Pussy? Did you audition what? for Pussy? Did I what? Did you audition for the role of Pussy, or did you audition for something yeah, else? Yeah, actually, uh, was Dominic. Uh, Sirico and me went in at the same time. Uh, Sheila brought us in. Sheila and Georgian brought us in uh, to audition for David because we had just done Gotti for HBO, and it was a 
it was a big hit. So she said, let me bring these guys in. But David was like, acting like he didn't see Gotti. Really? <laughs> but I got the part. So I, I could care if he saw it or not now. <laughs> you know what the but difference is? We all went in the same day. We all went in the same day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And actually, they had Dominic reading for Big Pussy because Dominic looks like the real guy. If you ever look up the real Big Pussy from Newark, New Jersey, he was tall and skinny. He didn't look chunky like like us guys. Huh. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. You know what the you know what the difference is, Abe, when you always joke about my acting stuff? I've probably done six pilots in my day. Never once did I sign a contract for more than that one pilot. <laughs> well, because you didn't do a network if you did a network pilot Yeah, or a studio pilot, they they give you that seven year contract, which was good for them. It protects them, it doesn't protect you. See, I can talk about this now. It's 20 years later. We talk about it on stage. Right, right. It, it protects, I mean, HBO, I still got my residuals, and hey, I wouldn't be on your show tonight if it wasn't, or today, if it wasn't for my, you know, my uh, my my popularity from The Sopranos, and, I, and we live on that. But uh, truth comes to shove, uh, those guys went on third, fourth, fifth year. They all went on to make a lot of money, man. Tony Sirico's got all his money in his pillow. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. He said, I don't believe in banks. But um, uh, but I was lucky because I was the first soprano out of the gate. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm on a plane, first time in my life, and I'm flying out to L.A. to do Deuces Wild. Uh, and that's when I met Jimmy Franco because Jimmy was in Deuces Wild. Jimmy Franco had a small part. Um and I went out, and Dre was in that. And I and, and then after This Is Wild, I did Maid, and I did uh, Hurricane, and I did Servant Sarah, so I was okay. And Revolver with Guy Ritchie, so I was okay. I'm did okay. You, I, didn't, I didn't put a gun to my head. When you <laughs> when you read the the final script for the for the scene where where you were going to be killed, because I, it was what did Fun you? House. Yeah, Funhouse. Yeah, fun the name of the episode. Yeah, you get it at the table read. You don't get it. You get it at the table read. We were shooting this episode before that, and Henry Bronstein was directing me. It was like the funny episode where I thought I was the FBI agent. I ran over the Seven Eleven guy, and then what happens when you're in the studio one day? For whatever, whether we're doing bada bing. Uh, they say, okay, today's your read through, and you would go instead of going to lunch, you would go to one of the big rooms, and we all sit around in a square table with David, and we have our lunches brought to us, and we read, and that's when you find out. Oh, guess what? I die. That's when you found out. I die, and that's when everybody else found out. And then David said, I don't want. He said at the top of the reader, I don't want anybody going around saying what happens to Vinny. And what happened is when they aired it, uh, right down the corner where I live, I had an apartment, and the New York Post and the Daily News came on my house because they didn't know what was going to go on. And they sat next to me, and we all watched it together. I knew, and my brother-in-law knew because I told him, my daughter, but the, the press didn't know. 
So it was, it was a big, it was, it was a big um, career move for me. You know, I remember I ran into Kiefer one time, Kiefer Sutherland at a roast for Dennis Leary, and Kiefer said to me, "Vinny, I uh, love your work on Sopranos. If it wasn't for Sopranos, I would have never did 24." Really? Right. Yeah, because nobody was jumping over to do television. They were all doing movies. And then Kiefer came over. And, you know, the first two years, it was hard for us to get a uh, name. Like, Liotta was offered uh, work at the beginning. And he went to uh, and, uh, and then And then he was up for the part that Joey Pants got. But he made out because now he's in, um, what do we call it, the prequel? Yeah. Yes. I was going to ask. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Have you watched the Many Saints of Newark? And what? What if you did? What did you think? No, I tell you why I, I I haven't seen it yet is because I was invited to the premiere and I really wanted to go and I was I wanted to hang out with the kid who plays Little Pussy, but they hit us with all these COVID restrictions that they wanted us to get tested the day of, and I already got the third shot. And I said, what the hell, man? What do I got to go through to go see a goddamn movie? So I didn't go. <laughs> and a lot of people didn't go because of that, you know? I mean, I understand that they're, they're protecting everybody, you know? And it was in a huge venue. Um, it was at the, uh, I think it was at the Zigfield. But, oh, no, it was at Radio City. But the thing is, you know, I mean... I got a band. I'm playing Wednesday night at Asbury Park. I mean, right. you know, I, I mean, I mean, we do Wildwood though, with my band. They, they, they don't even wear masks down there. So this mask, I'm, you know, you I mean, know, I go out you know, around the neighborhood. I wear my mask to go to the store and everything. But when I'm working, yeah, yeah. So let me, know, let me ask a question. Uh, so you know, the mask stuff is 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 driving me nuts, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. But let me yeah. ask you. So you you read this part, right? So you know, all right, that's the end of my tenure on Sopranos. At that point, do you have anything lined up? Are you now in a situation like, Mom, what do I do now? No, I, I, I didn't care. I said, look what the fuck they wrote for me, man. <laughs> Holy shit. This ain't, this ain't coming around every week. Right. The Funhouse was a hell of a... Hell of an episode. It was. I have a lot of work. We normally were shooting the episodes in 12 days. They went 20 days for that episode. No. Really? Yeah. And I talk about this on stage with Michael, that the interior boat scene was actually a soundstage in, 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 in Silver Cup. We were there for a whole week. Wow. wow. Just just the interior shots? The interior yeah. shots. Yeah. I mean, what's, yeah. what's that? Yeah. A couple minutes. The interior, uh, as we park Mammoth Park, Jones Beach. The interior. Once we went down and into the the uh, the, 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 the the boat, uh, that was an interior. And if you if you look at it, you could tell that that interior is a little bigger than what that boat would have been. <laughs> you know, were you, were you emotional? That's how were you, were you emotional in that final scene? Everybody was. Yeah. Everybody was. Tony was fighting with people. Tony was fighting with Henry over a watch. Henry said, make sure you turn in the watch. Today's the last shoot. And Siri goes, I ain't giving you your fucking watch. I'm keeping this watch. <laughs> you just fucking got rid of Vinny. I ain't giving you no fucking watch. 
No shit. <laughs> and then, and then Stephen Stephen was upset. Was he? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that I talk about this. It, it it wasn't about me being off the show as Big Pussy, the character. It wasn't about that because we all knew it was what needed to be to make that show work. You can't put that guy in witness protection. It would have been like fucking Dragnet, you know? Right. You gotta whack this son of a bitch. Look what he was doing. And 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 the fact that a main character on a TV show gets whacked, like see, David Paval was a guest star. He gets whacked. He was only supposed to do three episodes. I was supposed to do seven years. Right. So for me to get whacked was television history. So yeah, I it didn't hurt my career at all. No, I mean it's one of the, it's probably one of the most memorable episodes in the series. Right. And and it and it impacted because you were such an important part of Tony's life, his family's life, you know, that and, and from what I hear, you know, he of, and he wrote it that way. Right. He didn't right. write the relationship between me and Sirico as brothers. Me and Sirico ran out and we did jobs like trying to get the car back and shit like that, you know. But me and Tony were brothers, and when Jimmy says to me, or Tony says to me, I love you like a brother, we love you like a brother in that last scene, um, that was real. I mean, I teach acting. I teach acting down at HB Studios, and those are real moments. Yeah. You know, you people say to us, how do you tap into something like that? I said, well, you're connected to something you're saying to somebody. Right. You're saying it to your wife. You're saying it to your mother. I'm not going to see you no more. And that's that's what makes it real. It's called, you know, that's what that's about. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought we were going to talk about cigars. So this cigar is pretty good. <laughs> it's only one Listen, way to find out. Yeah. Vincent, get Paul a shipping address. We'll send you a nice care package of some really good cigars as well. But, I'll, you know, I see I'll a lot of pictures. I'll contact you after the show. I see a lot yeah, of pictures. I had a cigar uh, uh, once, but it didn't last more than two years. <laughs> it was at a Dominican Republic. It was it was brown like this. It was even darker. I have my own brand. He, he did it with Altus. Did he do it with Altus? Am I thinking of? Uh, he had a brand with Altus. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying yes. to remember. Yeah, you yes. had a brand with Altus. You absolutely yeah. did. We made money for a couple of years. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard with all those commodities, the wines. It's hard. My sauce, my sauce ain't at the shelves no more. No, no, it's hard selling that stuff. But you got the gabagool now. The gabagool is a commercial. I get paid. I get. I go home and let them keep running it. That's a commercial. <laughs> you know, you can run that thing forever. The gabagool. You know. I mean, did they send me some free gabagool stuff? Yeah, they got me sweatshirts and stuff. But that's a commercial. Yes, Don Diego. Yes. Don Diego. Was Don, Don Diego. Diego. How'd you find that out? I, I had a, I had to do a quick Google. And what does it say? Is it still in stock? No. No, no but Don Diego's with Altidus. Yeah, Don it was Diego. an Altidus brand. I remember. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We've been doing good for a while. Do you, did, how, I see you in pictures all the time with cigars. Are, are, yeah. you, are you a cigar smoker? Well, let me talk to you about... Let's. Uh, we'll keep this in Sopranos. In the pilot, uh, both... Tony Soprano and I were smoking big cigars. 
And I said, when I was looking at the pilot, because I was able to see the pilot before we went into episode two, I said, I got to do something different, man. We're both smoking big cigars. So I asked Tony, the prop guy, to give me the little Macanudos, guys. Yeah. And yeah. that's yeah. when Pussy started smoking his character, the Macanudos. Okay. From, from episode two, season one on. That I stopped smoking because I didn't want to. I didn't want to. It's almost like a term we call upstage. Tony smoking the cigars. How many guys walk around smoking a cigar? Right. So I smoked the Macanudo, and I loved it because I because I love Macanudo. So you do. So Vincent, like that's that's is that your go to cigar? Is that what you'll smoke? No, I don't smoke them anymore after I I got uh, a heart surgery. Okay. okay. I smoke pot though, so justify that. <laughs> you justify you however you like. Cigar? Well, they do. They call them blunts. What do they call them? Splits. No, they're yes. wow. The wrappers. They get it. They get the cigar like this. What do they do? They slice them open. I was with um, Buster Rhymes one time. We were in uh, the Oakwood in L.A. I was working on the practice, and I was living there. And and uh, somebody knocks on my door and said, Buster, Buster wants you downstairs, Vinny. We're recording tonight. I says, okay. So we go downstairs, and all the brothers were down there. And, man, it, it, it looked like you walked into a, you know, I mean, smoky. It was all weed. Everybody was getting high. Just walking in, poof, right? And, and they were all smoking. But they didn't, they weren't smoking joints. They were smoking cigars. And they were, we were in there all night. But um, all those guys get high. That's how they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna confess. Is that for me? Huh? No, that's across the hall. Crystal, you go down the steps and you walk up the steps. Down, and then you walk down. No, right there, right there, yeah, right there. What do you want me to do? Go up the podcast? The guy's trying to give me a package. Don't belong to me. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't taking it. So you, one of you, one of you, you got a few current projects you're working on, and, and one of these things is is the Gabagool. You, you do the commercial. We have a it's clip of that commercial, don't you, Paul? Yeah, we do. Well, let's we'll run that. it. Here it is. Hey, it's me, the Gabagool, and today I'm going to teach you how to make these Dietz and Watson hoagie bites for your Halloween guests. But on, this is friggin' delicious. Not for nothing, but now you got to chop them into little pieces so your guests can enjoy them. See what I'm saying? Here you go. Tasty hoagie bites. <laughs> you shot that in Philly. Did you? Yeah. How long was makeup in the chair? Uh, about two hours. Ugh. But it was weird because the makeup girl says, Hi, Benny, you don't remember me? And I'm, I'm like half asleep. I did your makeup on Made in Chinatown. I said, Yes! Has your father? Because her father and I grew up together. Oh. It was weird. And she did my makeup. She was so. That was a fun job, in and out. Those are great jobs. And then I just worked with um, on Don Q. Birthday Cake is on stra- uh, Stars. Stars. Right that's the right. Yeah. right? Yeah, it's, I like it. I, I, the first time I saw it, I was like, eh. 
But now it reminds me of uh, Abel Ferrara. Actually, Abel was at the premiere. It, it's that kind of um, almost like a Mean Streets vibe because it's a journey. You know, yeah, I think and you guys will like it. There's a lot of good actors in it. You know, and for someone band, who got into, oh, go ahead. For and, someone who got into acting late, late in life. Yeah. You know, you seem to understand and grasp a lot of it and seem to be a fan of genres and stuff. Were you always into cinema and movies growing up? Yeah, I was a little kid. I used to have a paper route. I used to, you know, go to a movie Saturday afternoon after I, it, you have to, we call you, after you collected, you, you pay your guy the money and whatever you made out for, I used to go to movies every Saturday. Uh, yeah, I was, I was a big, See, but the thing is, you know, uh, when you're growing up Italian-American in a tough neighborhood, nobody thinks you're going to be an actor. And then you go to the movies and you see Pacino and you see De Niro. I mean, up until De Niro and Pacino, the only people playing wise guys was Kirk Douglas. Right. <laughs> and Bo and Bogey. Bogey was an Italian. Right. right. And he was Edward G. Robinson and Paul Mooney, all those guys. And then, But when Bobby and Al came in, boom. That and that's what was great about Sopranos. You know how many Italian American actors got work out of uh, that worked from New York and LA because of Sopranos? They were calling me up. Uh Georgia Ann Walker called me up between season one and season two. She said, Send me some actors. Vincent, what is I know it's a hard question, but what are your some of your all time favorite movies? Oh, no, it's not hard. On the waterfront. Um on the waterfront, on the waterfront. Um Shane, Red River, you know, The Searchers, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I was watching last night, uh, uh, They Drive By Night. You guys don't notice. It's all film noir. Film noir. Yeah, Out of the Past with Robert Mitchum, which became a remake of Against All Odds. I should have my own podcast and just talk about movies with you guys. I used to watch six movies every weekend. As a kid growing up, we had a little video store. They used to have rent two and get the third free. I would go down on a Saturday morning and I would rent four videos and get two free. And I would watch them Saturday and Sunday in all my free time. So uh, what did you want to watch? Like gangster movies? I watched everything. I was very eclectic in what I watched as a young kid. I mean, I, I would actually take time to, to, to read the back of the boxes. I mean, kids today are, don't even know what I'm talking about, but you know, They'd have the the movie covers on the shelves, and you'd grab it and you'd read the back. You know, everything's on a computer now. We used to make albums. I was a DJ in my club where you put an album on a turntable and you would spin, <laughs> you would mix it, you know, with another song. You know, it's just it, it's hard, man. It's um, I mean, there's not too many of us left, you know. Um, what are you going to do? Listen, um, I'm not going to smoke this cigar now. I'm going to smoke it tonight on my porch. I may not smoke, I may not smoke that one at all. Yeah. Well, you know what? You don't want me to smoke this? I don't know. I never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard of it either. <laughs> it's only one way to find out. <laughs> well, then I'll have the shits all night. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. No, no. What I got to do? I got things to do. Okay, all right. I have to ask you because I'm a big fan of this show, and you were actually on there, if my memory serves me correctly. I don't know if you were involved or it was a friend of yours and they just asked you to come on, but you were on Shark Tank, right? 
Yeah, I had a product. Right. It was the it was the the wad, the money man. It was another thing that bellied up. Now, I was going <laughs> to ask you, did it ever go anywhere? Well, I hope this son of a bitch is listening to the show because I told I hear about this guy. He wasn't a bad guy. He hooked up with me. He says I want to do the broccoli wad. So we shot a spot, and he paid me for the spot. And then I then he calls me up and says. Uh, we're going to go on Shark Tank with the Broccoli Wad. And I says, oh, yeah, he see you. They're flying you out. And uh, here we go to Broccoli Wad. Barbara wanted to go partners with this guy. Right? And called yeah, the yeah. Mini Wad. Do you remember? Yeah. And we said, deal, deal, you know? I walk out with the guy. I walk down the street. I was living on Venice Beach. I'm walking down the guy with the beach. I'm smoking a joint. He says, we're not going on. We're not going partners with Barbara. I said, what are you talking about? You just told everybody on national television. He says, no, nah, I just wanted to get on the show. And I knew after that, that fucking guy, it, I, I don't know. I heard that they sell them in, um, what do you call those, flea markets now. Uh, it's still it's still on Shark Tank. It is? Yeah. Well, it's on uh, Shark Tank as, as a spot, which is great. It's a great spot. It's it's on Amazon. Really? I meant. I apologize. I just. Oh, saw no, it. You can buy it. I think so. Yeah, it shows. Well, then, uh, how come I'm not making any money on this thing? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> well, it looks question. like it's used. It's fifty nine ninety five. I don't know if that was the uh, the price point at the time. Fifty nine ninety five for one of them. Yeah. Look it, it must be used or something. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that's signed. Maybe I signed it. <laughs> And somebody wants to get rid of it, you know? Wow. Yeah, because uh, a, lot you, of people, a lot of people use that tactic. They actually go on Shark Tank never wanting to make a deal. That's the band. That's the band. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's, me and Bruce. that's me and Bruce. Hey, hold it up. Oh, yeah. This. yeah there he is. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, being a Jersey guy, I mean, come on. Absolutely. Uh, but but speaking of music, your band, the Gangster Squad, you got yeah. you a pretty big gig coming up. You're going to be on the cutting room, at the cutting room? On December oh, yeah, 7th. Gangster Squad, uh, Tuesday, December 7th at the cutting room in New York City, the Gangster Squad. Have you played yeah. there before? Oh, yeah, that's like our residence, New York City residence. That's that's an awesome venue to play. You, you sing in the band? Yeah, I also was in a couple of musicals on Broadway. Oh, and I had a rock and roll club. Don't think I didn't go up there and sing in my own club. Tuesday night we had a jam. We sang. You gotta sing. Everybody can sing. No. Well, you can't sing? No? No. Nope. I cannot sing. You gotta I sing any chance I get. I, I I could do a very bad Johnny Cash. Just watch my guy in the middle over here. What's your name? Uh, what? Uh, Coop. Perdomo. Coop. Coop. They they call me Coop. Do you sing, Coop? I don't sing. You sing like a bird. I mean, <laughs> it's very. <laughs> it ain't hard to sing. Well, you well, you can, well anyone can sing, this and I can't I, I, carry it. Yeah, but uh, it's easy. Okay. Um. We'll go from uh, we'll go from left, my left, to my right. So you, yeah, you. What's your yeah, name? Abe. Abe. Just hit him. Just go bow, go bow, go like that. Bow. Okay, now stop. 
Now, let me see the next guy. You hit a bow, but a little higher. Bow. No, a little higher. Bow. A little lower. Bow. Now, go back to Abe. Bow. And then you do it. Bow. No, you're not going higher. Set the Z. Okay. Bow. No, Abe, give me a bow. Oh, 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 you got you got you got to snip this video out. Oh, I'm singing with Vincent Story. When Vincent Story took over KMA Radio, and making me, I told you I couldn't sing. Well, then guess guess what? You're not in the group no more. Go back to Abe. Go down to my son over here. You look like my son. What's your name? Which one? Yeah, you're the boss, right? Oh, I'm not the boss. I mean, I'm the producer. Whatever okay, that means. Okay, I want you to go last. You sound like you got an alto. So, who's this biker over here? Uh, biker. The, who's in the Bronx with the backdrop? What's your name? Hey, I'm in South Philly, number one. But uh, Alex. Yes, sir. You see the gobble on television? No, I'm, I live down in Florida. It's just the background of my old house in the city. Oh, 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 because I know a couple of people that uh, that must have aired. They must have said. Yeah, wow. well, Deets and Watson Philly Company, absolutely. Oh, that stuff is good. We gave him, we gave him an upplug. Let's get back to my musical thing. All hey, right, give, all me right. give me Bo. Bo. Next. Bo. Good. Next. Bo. Good. Now everybody hit go. Bo, Bo, Bo. Go. Bo, Bo, Bo. Bo. Yo, it's one, two, three. Eight. Bo. 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 No, it's got to stretch. Eight. Watch. Go, Bo. Oh, and then you come in. Oh, and then you come in. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna get involved. Action. Oh, somebody up there singing. He ain't supposed to be singing. That's me. I can't help myself. You got axed. This is an idol, man. You ain't on the show no more. Hold on, Vince. Vincent, actually, Paul can actually sing out of all of us. Paul is a singer. All right, then let Paul do it. Give him a little Billy Joel real quick. Come on, Paul. Okay, okay. Go, Bo, Bo, Bo. Go, Bo, Bo, Bo. Go. Bo, Bo, Bo. No, one, two, three. Hey. Bo. 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 With your cigar in your hand, you go like this. I ran all the way home. And you guys keep going, Bo. Okay, watch it. Go, action, A. Bo. 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 I went all the way home. Bo. Bo. Okay, pretty good, but the song is I ran all the way home. Oh, okay. You don't know where he's going. It's his artistic interpretation. All right, thank you. That's all you're getting out of me. If you want any more single lessons, it's 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> you, take, you take Venmo. What? You take Venmo. Send him cigars. No, just show me a favor. There you're you going to send me cigars. Okay, all right. Listen, I got some Con Ed bills to pay. I got things to do. <laughs> before you leave, before you leave, I just want you to be part of this one last segment because we have this thing we do we call Tail the Tape. And Every season, Alex and Coop, the guy with the Perdomo, they debate their top 10 things of all time. So season one was all-time boxers. Season two 
was uh, professional wrestlers. Now, for season three, they did the top ten all-time mob movies. So, if you don't mind, I just want them to name their movies this week. I'd like to give give us your opinion on what you think of their picks. Is that okay? Okay. And then that'll be it. It's going to be just mob movies, right? That's it. John Wayne and all that. Nope, all mob movies. Let's run tail the tape. All right, here we go, Coop. Coming in at number seven for me, top 10 mob movies. I promise you this is pure coincidence. All my movies are picked before we air the season. My number seven pick is Gotti, 1996, featuring Vincent Pastore as Angelo Ruggiero, the great Armand Asante as Gotti, William Forsyth as Sammy the Bull. Um, just a great movie. You know, all the cast of characters that we've come to know in uh, mob movies are in there. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is that this movie came out in like 96. The Gotti trial was in 92. So, you know, four years later, we had a full fledged movie on HBO. And uh, my number seven pick just so happens to be the week we have Vincent on the show. Gotti, 96. Mute, Coop. I can confirm what Alex said is 100% true. Uh, these were picked ahead of time. Um, mine, mine is a little more of an under the radar movie, but I really, really enjoyed this movie. It, it kind of went through the indie fir- um, film circuit. The movie's called The Funeral, and it deals with the story of three brothers um, who are basically in the world of organized pr- crime. And it starts off at a funeral, and then it kind of they go back and they kind of um, go through the uh, their kind of journey through all this. Uh, there's a couple of uh, characters from The Sopranos in there. The Artie Bucco's in there, John Ventimiglia. And Annabella Sciorra, who played Gloria, is also in that movie. Check out the film. They won't disappoint with that movie. There it is. Those are picks. Have on our show this so week. far. A guy, what do you think of these? What do you think of these picks, Vincent? Well, actually, we were just talking about Abel Ferrara uh, down a little Italy. Um, because Abel, uh, you know, he, he he's the funeral is about Little Italy. Abel's from Little Italy, and he's uh, he was on the set a couple of times. So, and my friend Cha Cha was in the funeral. I really enjoyed that movie. It was uh, yeah, like a nice movie. Yeah. Right? Wasn't Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken's in there. Yeah, he plays uh, one of the brothers. But I wouldn't make that one of my ten all-time movies. No disrespect. Uh, I think China Girl uh, that Abel did is a little more powerful uh, as a mob-type movie because there's conflict between um, the Italian uh, dating the Chinese girl. Um, as for Gotti, it's a true story. I'm working on State of Grace on Mulberry Street at the Mulberry Street Bar with Joe Vitarelli and Ed, um, Ed Harris. I'm doing extra work. I rap. I walk out of the Mulberry Street bar. I'm walking up the street. Who walks down the street? Sammy the Bull had an umbrella oh, over John Gotti's head, and walking next to John Gotti was Angelo Ruggiero, and I wound up playing Angelo Ruggiero. Wow. Wow. Uh, 
And then when I met, I met John Jr., he said, there's no Gotti like the first Gotti. Wow. That's well, That's before you leave, listen, Vincent, I want to really thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your Saturday morning with us and our fans, giving us a little uh, history and some great stories and some of the projects you got going on. But I'm going to I'm gonna defer to you on a debate that I've had with Coop, um, the guy with the Perdomo screen in the back, that, that many of us have had. One of his top ten mob movies, as we titled the, the section, was Scarface with Al Pacino? Yeah. Now, would you consider Would you consider that a mob movie? Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, you got to watch. There's a There's a, a whole uh, documentary on Brian De Palma that's on Showtime, and actually, I watched it yesterday over a cigar. And he talks about that scene. You know the scene in Scarface where everybody kept getting shot up at the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, Al yep. got sick and he was off for a whole week, so they had nothing to do. So they brought in um, uh, uh, George Lucas and he did a lot of that second AD shit. They had a week to fill up. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? That's what I saw on the thing. Wow. But Starface, come on, say hello to my little friend. Yeah. Exactly. Is it a mob movie? Is it really a mob movie? That was our argument. Why would it be a mob movie? Because it ain't about Italians? Exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. That was American <laughs> Me, which with Edward James almost is all about um, uh, uh, Mexican gangs in, in California. That ain't a mob movie? I don't know. What is your definition? I'm not going to fight with you. What's your definition <laughs> of a mob movie? I mean, me personally, a, mob, a mafia movie is Italian mafia. Well, what's it? No, you're saying mafia movie. Well, that's what we did. A mob movie. The, sorry, the word was a mafia. It's mafia movies. Yeah, we did a mafia movie out called Gangster Squad with Sean Penn. Right. You ever see it? I didn't see it, but I need to. But I know, I know what it is. It's a gangster story. Is it a mob story? Yeah, it's a mob story. Um, uh, was was um, was um, the Untouchables with Al Capone? Is that a mob story? You know, I debated this I for my yes. list. I debated I with myself. I mean, I feel like it's more of a cop movie than a mob movie. Yeah, because it's about the Untouchables. But who they go after? Sean Connolly, uh, he, he stole the movie. He just passed away. Um, right. So I wouldn't call that a mob movie. Right. I agree. I agree. So you yeah. don't think Scarface is a mob movie? I mean, you, I feel like it's more of a gang movie, a Cuban yeah. drug okay. You know, All right. Than... All right. Listen. Listen. Huh? <laughs> I just, he's right. <laughs> I don't know. I think mob, I think Italian mafia movies. I mean, yeah, mafia, that's, what, that's what we were debating. Like, like Goodfellas, like Donnie Brasco. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right, 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 right. Which has yet to make somebody's list, right? Did Donnie Brasco? Yeah, number seven. seven. I mean, you got the funeral up there. You don't have Donnie Brasco. Who put the funeral up there? I did. But we're well, on number seven, Vincent. Right, I mean, let's go it's, little Caesar with who? Edward G. Robinson? Yeah. How is that a mob movie? It's a mob movie. But it's not it, a mafia movie. Yeah, what do you mean? It's a Chicago mafia. So Edward G. Robinson is playing an Italian? <laughs> yeah. I never saw I, it. I, yeah, He's, I think uh, he is. Yeah. Is this yeah, Rico? His name's Rico. 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 Yes, yes, yeah. He Rico. played Rico. Okay, yeah. I got it. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. We could talk about this all day. I guess you guys have nothing to do. 
let me ask you this. Let me <laughs> ask you this. Show. This is might be a tough spot. Coop has, and I told Coop has the Godfather three on his list. I'm personal Godfather three. Uh uh-uh. Okay, well, it wasn't yeah, one of my favorite three. Yeah. I didn't love the Godfather three. I, I thought I thought it was really good. Either, but I'm in it. Uh, well, listen, I got two, wait, wait, I got four picks up here. You're in two of them. You, you're in Bugsy and you're in Gotti. My two are on the left side. So I'm you're in two. Bugsy. I'm in Gotti. I thought you said I you were in Bugsy. Auditioned. No, I said I auditioned for Bugsy. Oh, okay. Bugsy's a great movie. I love Bugsy. Bugsy's a great movie. And that banning stole the movie. Okay, yeah. what else? <laughs> That's all we got. We appreciate we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Vincent. I- he should be higher, maybe. No, I was gonna say I agree that God. I don't think Godfather Three is this abysmal movie that everybody talks about. It's different. It's a different kind of movie. Would I put it in my top ten all-time favorite mafia movies? It's, Not a chance. But I don't hate that it kind like of franchise. It's such. It's a part of a big franchise, and that movie. They lost me when helicopters started shooting up shit. That lost. Well, if you if you put it on instant replay, uh, I came off the helicopter when Al came off the helicopter with Andy Garcia. There were two guys waiting on the roof. I was one of them. Really? So I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it tonight. I gotta watch it. And then and then they used me again uh, when Al was coming out of the China Bowl with Eli Wallach, and uh, Eli said to me, uh, "I'll go. I'm I'm going with Michael," and I nodded because I couldn't talk. I was an extra. I nod. Uh, I've been there. Well, you did extra work. Oh yeah, that how do you, I, that's how I made my living for a long time. You got you 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 got your sand card. Uh, I have well, actually no, because I have enough points for my SAG card. But uh, I was. Well, how do you make a living? Being an extra, they don't pay you no money if you're not union. You're lucky what? if you got fifty dollars. Sure, what? No, eight hundred bucks. For what? Nine union. I got scale. I got scale work because I was. I could have joined SAG because I had oh, a point so they in my gave card. You, they gave you scale, but you didn't want to join the union. Why? <laughs> because it's I was in an off Broadway improv show that was part of AGVA, and Equity didn't. There was a there was a, a a controversy with me doing the AGVA show and the and anything SAG and SAG. I did like once a year stuff. Well, so I was listen, a living. If, uh, if we ever put this together and and give you a, a part, an acting part in the movie, you're gonna have to get your union card, buddy. When that when I get a Hold real gig someday, I'm joining got, SAG. I mean, the rule is a union commercial. That's and listen, I'm all for it. And you got the rule, rule, and you guys gotta understand it. That helps me towards my health and pension. Right. There you go. Um, you know, we, we got to make the numbers, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, you're getting old and you start saying, well, who's going to take care of me? The girl next door? I mean, she's been taking care of me, but that's between you and I. And I don't think she's watching this show. <laughs> the something's going on because I ring her bell, I give her a cannoli, and she rings my bell and she gives me some baked ziti. So the something's going on. <laughs> Vince, thank, thank you. you so much, man. It was a pleasure thank having you. you. Yeah, really. Hey, hit a bow. I love it, bro. Thank you so hit, much. Hit a bow. Hit a bow. Gotta get my bow. All right, ready? One last time. Let's get, you guys got to come in quicker. Be ready. Right. Here we go. Ready? Bow. 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 Bow.
went all the way home. Just to say I'm sorry. To say I'm sorry. Okay, so go, 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 go stop. Okay, goodbye, guys. <laughs> Take care, Thank you, man. Okay, uh, maybe we'll do this again in a couple of months before I go to Europe or something, right? Please That'd let us know. We'd yeah. love to talk about it. Yeah. We'll London and all over. I think it'd be good. I'd come on the show and I talk to you about before I go. Absolutely. You guys don't have any Florida dates yet? Um, no, but we're working on the hard rock down there. Good. Nice. It's post keep us. Yeah. Keep us posted. Yeah, we'll yep. be there. Forget about it. Forget about uh, it. <laughs> thank you, Vincent. Thanks, thank you, guys. Guys. A lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. That was wow. awesome. That was a that great was show. That was great. Never thought, never thought anybody would get us singing on the air, but it happened. Oh, man. That's a clip to be I had. I think I deserve a signed five dollar bill here from someone. Yeah, go get it from Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> two for two, baby. <laughs> All oh, right. that was great. That it was almost, awesome. He was awesome. In almost anticlimactic fashion. <laughs> Let's do this start. <laughs> Insane Asylum, which we haven't done in about a month. Oh crap, hold on. There he is. I'm Typical uh, Paul. There it is. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. All right, everybody. Uh, This week's inductee obviously just needed some extra cash. Rapper Fetty Wap was allegedly proven was allegedly proven, was about to go on stage in New York last week, but just before his set, he was unavoidably detained by the FBI. That's right. The FBI picked up Rap Star in Critchfield, New York, one place they knew he'd show up. I guess City he'd have a cot. Was it? C- Cityville. Did I say Critchfield? Oh, I, I, that may have been my typo. But it, he was okay. picked up at City Field when he had a show. Yeah, I guess if you're avoiding the police and you have a scheduled concert, it's kind of, you know. <laughs> it's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, the charges, according to legal documents, Fetty and others distributed more than 100 kilograms of cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, crack across Long Island and New Jersey. The feds claim the drugs were first obtained on the West Coast and they used USPS. Wonder why that package didn't get lost. Uh, USPS vehicles with secret compartments. Oh, they actually drove fake USPS trucks with secret compartments to smuggle them east. If convicted, he could face life in prison. He was granted bail at half a million dollars. So much for that rap career. Now, I don't know. Anybody here know who Fetty Wap is? I know who I've he is. This yeah. is he, but I can tell you he's not just like, you know, some neighborhood rap kid. This guy's worth millions of dollars, which is, you know. And he's, he's dealing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's not some, you know. Yeah, so. you are without a doubt in the insane asylum this week. All right, that was a fun show, man. Absolutely, that was, yeah, yeah. It was. That was, what a great show. We'll keep in yes, touch. Yes, people, the clip of us singing will be up on our Facebook page oh, and YouTube. Great. That's that was what I need for my 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 almost non career. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for hanging in with us another Saturday, Coop. Appreciate it. I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity. It. Thank you, everybody out there. Have a great weekend. Don't forget, back in black cigar prop edition from Espinosa Cigars drops Wednesday at noon. All right, Eastern Standard Time. Until next Saturday, everybody, keep it lit.